This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Throwback Thursday. Hey, welcome to another Throwback Thursday episode of Krista Makes a Podcast. This week, we're going to get you into the spirit because we're throwing it all the way back to December 14th of 2020 when Joe Escalante from the Vandals sat in to discuss a holiday classic. It's hard to believe that this one was three years ago now and that we've done like 160-some episodes since then. That's crazy. Quick reminder before we hop in here, don't forget to check out our back catalog. We have a ton of episodes with a whole parade's worth of amazing songwriters, so don't be afraid to pull up a chair and enjoy the audio festivities with our very own Krista Makes as the Grand Marshal and me as the guy hanging out of the fire truck and whipping candy at your head. I'll throw out the good stuff, Kinder Buenos, Chewy Sprees, Milk Duds, Reese's Cups. I'll take care of you. Don't worry. Okay, it's time. Throwing it back to December 14th, 2020. This is episode number 29 of Krista Makes a Podcast. Joe Escalante discusses the Vandals' Oi to the World. Hey gang, welcome to a special holiday episode of Krista Makes a Podcast. Today's guest is my old buddy, Joe Escalante basis for the Orange County, California punk band, The Vandals. In honor of the holidays, we chose to discuss one of The Vandals' most popular songs, Oi to the World. Taken from the band's Christmas album of the same name, Oi to the World was originally released in 1996 on their own label, Kung Fu Records. A year later, the song was propelled to enormous heights when No Doubt recorded a cover version of the song for a Christmas album compilation. This coupled with a music video for the song introduced Oi to the World to a whole new audience many of whom went on to trace the song's origin back to the Vandals. Joe tells the inspiration behind the lyrics and how at first glance they have some racial stereotypes attached to them, but ultimately the true meaning behind the song is unity. He also shared a humorous story about relinquishing his publishing royalties of the song to charity, how he was conflicted at first, but ultimately felt it was the right thing to do. For all this and much more, stay tuned. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Lots of uh, fond memories of the Vandals. I was a, a fan before I ever met you guys. And then uh, 
I'll just never forget uh, some great memories. I was just telling uh, our producer, Chris, before we hopped on here, just uh, uh, a tour we did in, in Italy and uh, just some of Warren's shenanigans every night. It just had me in tears. You guys are a lot of fun. And this song uh, that uh, we're picking, this is a, a, a little holiday special on, on Chris to Makes a Podcast. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about Oi to the World, which is uh, from the Vandals uh, Christmas album uh, called Oi to the World. And I want to talk about this. There's, you know, before we get into the song, there's there's kind of a great story here, Joe, because typically, not that I can remember prior to 96, I don't recall any punk bands really doing a Christmas album. Of course, it's been done over the years since then. Most recently, I can think of Bad Religion did a Christmas album. But yeah. what was the what was the idea behind this? Well, there was a Christmas album that was uh, recorded by an English punk band called The Boys in the 70s. And um, that what they did is they 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 called themselves the Yobs, which is the boys backwards, and they released this, you know, because the boys were so they had to protect their uh, their reputation, I guess. I don't know. So they 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 call themselves the Yobs, and they put out a Christmas record, which I say is the closest thing to ours because that's what we that's the only thing we knew. We should make a Christmas record. The Yobs made one, and one of the songs on our Christmas album is is a Yobs cover. So there's a song called Christmas that spells out Christmas. It misspells it, but C H R I S T M A S. Um, it leaves out the R um, for some reason. Oh no, it leaves out uh, something. I forgot. Out uh, the H. No, the H is just. It's all disgusting stuff. So it has a different <laughs> feel than the rest of our songs because it's real filth. Ours. Uh, uh, the rest of the songs have some cuss words, except for the song we're going to talk about today. But but it was. It's a lot of a filthier, you know, punk rock record, but we covered that what that one song because we thought it was great, and we thought, well, why not, you know, do in the punk rock world the closest thing to a traditional Christmas song would be something from the Yobs album. You can't find that record anywhere, and we have a heck of a time trying to even pay these guys the mechanicals. You know, you can't <laughs> you, you can't find them. You can't. Every once in a while, you'll get a lead on it, and I think we've sent out some checks, and no one cashes them, and. Yeah, very very few times in this business do people not want money. That's kind of kind of unheard of. <laughs> yeah, but but there's you know with bands like just yeah they move around so much and then they you can't find them and and, and but very few labels will will even try to look for them. But you know the label uh, that we owned, um, we would um, of course we we would try to find them and and we would send out a check to every single you know every single penny you know was accounted for. So but those guys there's a couple bands. There's a couple people like that. They're really hard to find. Well, and, and and the Vandals, you guys started your, uh, you, you know, you started your label Kung Fu Records in 1996. This record uh, came out uh, on that. And, you know, this is one of the quintessential Vandal songs. I mean, this song has legs, too. Uh, in 1997, uh, No Doubt covered the song uh, for a compilation album called A Very Special Christmas. Uh, and Warren uh, produced that version uh, uh, with No Doubt. Yeah, yeah, which which of course gave this song even more exposure. Uh, and uh, every year since the album's release, uh, you guys have played a winter formal in Anaheim, where you play the album in its entirety, uh, which yes. is re- which is really cool. And uh, how, how did that start? Uh, well, when we first decided to make the record, we thought it started turning out pretty good. And we go, I think we should play these live. They're, they're, these are pretty good songs. And for most of us, it's probably our favorite record that we have. And and you know, it was all recorded in August. Uh, of 96 
which is really hard to get into the Christmas uh, mindset. But you <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> people people have to you know August in in Southern California. It was weird, but uh, at a certain point, we started thinking we could play these songs, and then you start dreaming. And like, okay, let's have a Christmas show every year. Oingo Boingo had a Halloween show every year, and it turned into like six, seven nights at the Irvine Meadows Amphitheater, which is like a, you know, like a shed with twenty thousand capacity. Yeah. So that's where we were uh, setting our sights. Was on about you know sixty to eighty thousand in ticket sales every year uh, for this big <laughs> Christmas thing we're going to have. Never quite made it there, but twenty four years later, the last one we played. You know, a sold out 1900 person show at the at the House of Blues, which for us is 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 a is a big deal. Never, if you would have told me, you know, when when we first started playing that that we would be playing a, a House of Blues. First of all, it wasn't it didn't exist then. But yeah, let's let's say the House of Blues just got built, and you told me you're going to sell out this House of Blues, but a bigger version they're going to build in Anaheim. Um, with I, I wouldn't have believed it at all. And so um, now, yeah, every year, it, it, you know, we can't do, we're not big enough to do multiple nights, but we sell that thing out, you know, uh, maybe a week in advance and, and, it's a, and people look forward to it and we get lots of cards and letters, people just saying, I've been to, you know, every one or I've been to, I got proposed, I got, you know, engaged at one. Yeah. It's been our big gag. It's like our one gag that we have is Christmas. Yeah, well, and and uh, twenty four years in, you've you've given people a lot to look forward to. It's uh, and that's something to be proud of. Nineteen hundred uh, tickets is is nothing to sneeze at. So so good for you guys. Um, you know this this song. It, it's funny you talked about recording it in in uh, August, <laughs> California, yeah. which is not a very Christmas feeling time of the year out there. And this song, though, I've seen it played probably every month of the year, seeing you guys around the world warp tours and. Yeah, it's not a Christmas album, it's a Christmas theme song, but this song just fits comfortably right into the rest of the tunes in the set and the audience goes completely mental for it. It's great. Yeah, it kind of became uh, somewhat of a, a closer uh, almost. We have I'd say our most popular song in terms of downloads and all that stuff is is called My Girlfriend's Dead from mm. our Hitler Bad Vandals Good album, which was also a 96 or 98 or 97 some of that 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 era, maybe 97 or 98. And that was, so we have that one song that is kind of like the one you always play last. But the backup hit to keep, when the set starts sagging and then you play Oi to the World, it's like a go-to secondary hit that you have. And then when we play the, the, the Christmas show, it's the closer. Yeah, and it fits in because, I guess, luck, but there was, you know, we're making a Christmas record and it's got to be punk. I don't know. I mean, if you want to get into the songwriting, I don't know when you want to like talk. Well, about yeah, that, no, but... I I do want to talk about. It. I just wanted to give a little uh, backstory here of, of because it's pretty pretty cool. Like I said, there's not wasn't too many bands. Uh, uh, granted, the Yobs, I guess, were doing it in the '70s, but prior to you yeah. guys, I could I couldn't really think of uh, anybody doing a Christmas album. So I think that that I just wanted to bring that up. That was really cool. Yeah, we well, nobody nobody. I think you're right. The the the, the Yobs thing was very obscure, and and we were also looking for to do something that. We didn't think other people had done, and we just started our own label. We knew that if we were, if we took this idea to any other label, they would say, uh, "You know, I don't know if I want to pay for that." You know, yeah. like a label just. But for our label, you know, and then when you're doing it yourself, you're looking at the at the at the cost, like very cheap. You know, because you owe, you're controlling every expense. Maybe we yeah. spent you know twelve hundred dollars in studio time or something like that to make the whole record. 
Well, because you guys were putting your records out with Nitro, so this was kind of a separate thing, and you went ahead and yeah. did it. Like, like you said, you didn't yeah. know if anybody else was interested in doing it. So, uh, you and know, they the didn't whole... care. They they didn't care. It was a way to tell Nitro, hey, do you mind if we do this on our own label? Because we had a deal with Nitro. We had like a four record deal. Yeah, which is very cool. Uh, getting into the song now, this song is <laughs> very intriguing to me for a number of reasons, and I get it now. I never knew the OBS reference. Uh, you know, Dave uh, Quackenbush, uh, the the singer of the Vandals, he's singing in a British accent for this song and all the lyrics if I would have you know analyzed this song in 1996 I wouldn't have gotten it just based on the fact that I hadn't been to England yet and uh-huh. I know I know all the references in here that just kill me I love them and I I, I so want to talk about them um, the, the song is two minutes and 16 seconds it is a just a, a straight up burner uh, punker tune uh, the intro uh, comes in uh, about three quarters through the intro. Uh, the joy to the world melody is kind of played on the guitar with the, with with the chords. Yeah, uh, you know, it kind of gives a little hint of of oy mm-hmm. to the world, joy to the world. Uh, and then we get into the to the first verse, which I I am so fascinated by these, and I could not wait to ask you about these lyrics. So I kind of like typed it out online. What does the song mean? I could you know you know get down the Google wormhole. Uh, <laughs> But let's go into the first verse here. The the lyrics are, Haji was a punk just like any other boy, and he never had no trouble till he started up his oi band, safe in the garage or singing in the tub, till Haji went too far and he plugged in at the pub. I love how boy in the first uh, uh, line rhymes with oi, but you get banned in real quick because... (laughs) So set up this first verse. What was going through your mind when... Is this a poem or something you had written and you put to music? Or was this... You you thought of the music and the uh, the lyrics at the same time? Uh, And do you Um, remember where you were when you wrote it? Yeah, I do. I was... uh, What was happening was Warren at that time, and when Warren... um, uh, when the, in the early uh, years of this band, I wrote a lot more of the music and a lot more of the lyrics. But over time, I think it's a natural thing. I'm I'm about uh, five years older than Warren, and I think just as you get older, you you know you start to burn out. And then here's the younger blood coming in. Warren, an amazingly talented guitarist. The first record that he plays with us, he doesn't write that much. You know, he writes a lot, but but he's kind of deferring and letting everybody else. He's kind of feeling his way through the thing. Then he's so comfortable now. I think I might have been still be working at CBS television or I just started the label and I was just like so consumed in the the mechanics of the label and the business of the label. I was getting even, you know, further away from writing a lot of material. And so he's writing this thing and he's writing everything. You know, here's how you co-write with Warren. You go over there and you work on something with him and then you go okay that's cool let's work on that tomorrow the next day you come back and he's written that entire song and three more and then you're like oh okay Um, and then pretty soon he's written the whole album now at the end of the album he usually says i'm kind of tapped out i need help who's got something so that's the way it was here he goes i'm I'm tapped out who's got something and i go well i'm working on this song because um first i had the title i just thought the title would would make a good title for this album anyways and then i go well we got it it'd be nice to have a song um, with that, with that title. So started with that. And then I also thought this is, uh, and when I'm listening to the stuff Warren's writing, it's very, um, heavy and, um, bitter and they're, you know, violent and harsh and there's cuss words everywhere. And it's like F you Christmas kind of thing. I love Christmas, but F you Christmas, you know, it's kind of, I love Christmas. <laughs> I have F, F the commercial nature of Christmas, but who doesn't love 
getting presents, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, it was all going that one direction. And then for me, I was like, well, I think there should be a song about a Christmas miracle. And it should go back to the original, you know, the origin of Christmas of Jesus Christ. And uh, although it's not, you know, we don't want to proselytize. I can't, you know, in a band with, you know, punk rock band, even though I am a Catholic and, um, you know, practicing Catholic, devout. But I and I thought there should be that. I don't know if I can make it work, though. And I'm fine if it's not there, because that's not what the, the purpose of the Vandals. So I'm fine <laughs> if it's not there. That's, this is not, you know, the Vandals is not going to, you know, win anyone over to the Catholic Church. But <laughs> but if I could get inspired by my faith, uh, it, that maybe that's the inspiration that could that could uh, crank out a song to compete with this, these songs that Warren is doing that are like, you know, just little mini masterpieces, these things he's coming up with. So... I worked on that, and I go, we need a Christmas miracle, and then um, then I thought, you know, of, and I thought it would be fun to have an oi song, because we, well, we have to, we have an oi to the world is the thing, but, you know, we don't have any oi songs, but we have to have an oi song, um, so oi, the topic of oi, I thought the miracle would be getting, a, um, would be getting, you know, racist skinheads and non-racist uh, skinheads to come together for a Christmas miracle, I mean, that would be you know, it seems obvious to me. So we started with a hero, and the hero is Haji. And you can, and to me, I just, I just try to imagine a a, a boy in England who who loves uh, Oi, but he's Indian, and um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and not all the Oi bands are racist, but um, some of them are. And you know, and then you're talking about a society, a working class society, where they're not exactly, it's not exactly the the PC um, bastion. Uh, that it's just not and then he so so he's got trouble and but he loves it but then he goes too far and he and he starts to think maybe i'll start a band and i'm gonna get out there and he doesn't know uh uh what he's in for well i just it, I, i'm fascinated i love the story you know you were talking about <laughs> catholicism a moment ago and and what warren brings this crazy punk and and nasty energy of these songs and then i look at these lyrics and i'm trying to put all this together and I, I kind of get it, but this is such a cool story with a lot of imagery here. And it's just really intriguing and cool to me that you were able just to write this as a story and come up with this, you know, it was, uh, it, it's cool Thank getting you. into this. I want to, I want to get into, to, uh, the part two of the first verse. It says, uh, it okay. was a cold Christmas Eve when Trevor and the skins, uh, and for my listeners, this is referring to, to skinheads popped in for a pint and to Nick, a bag of crisps. Uh, Nick in England means steel. Uh, crisp uh, re- refers to what we in the U.S. here call chips. Yeah. Um, they call uh, French fries chips in the U.K. Uh, Trevor liked the music, but not the unity. He unwound Haji's turban and he knocked him to his knees. <laughs> <laughs> so I, mean, I forget these lyrics. I'm like, you're bring, you're singing back to me, and I'm like, what did I do? Today? Oh wow, really? Is that where I went? Um, well, even weirder, I'm talking them back to you, and you're hearing them. And I've had a lot of people on the show say, I, I never had my lyrics recited back to me uh, by voice. You know, not not by singing. Yeah. Uh, so set set this second part part of the verse up if you can. Yeah. So I also to go back to the first thing. Um, now that I'm looking at the lyrics. Uh, Haji was a punk just like any other boy and, and then boy and rhymes with oi band. So to me, that was like, <laughs> and I, I kind of always wanted to do that kind of thing. Boy and, I uh, never had any trouble till he saw it up as oi band. So that's a, that's a rhyme. Okay. So safe in the garage, you know, so you can imagine a band practicing in the, in their, in their 
garage, and they call it a garage, you know. Which I didn't point out. Thank you for pointing that out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and just so you know, we're from Orange County where you sing, your punk band sings in an English accent. I mean, that's that's what <laughs> yeah. we do. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's just what we do. So you start there, and you might be able to make your own style, but you start with an English accent. If you listen to, um, like, you know, the early TSOL, mm-hmm. uh, Adolescence. TSOL, that is 100%. Their first EP is 100% English accent. Property oh, yeah. is theft. Where do I fit in the form of power? Where do I fit in this government? I have no choice. In the World War Three. you're the victim. That's freaking crass, you know? Yeah. And and that's our leader, basically, in Orange County is Jack Grisham. Yeah. Uh, telling us how to do what we need to do, you know? <laughs> and so um, we're not going to argue with that. And... Um, well, no, and I mean, again, this song completely lends itself yeah. to having an English accent just due to the lyrics and, and the inspiration behind yeah. it, you know? And we, are, just... and we already, yeah, we already had the English accents. And the, I remember the first day that I started singing, because I used to be the drummer. So I started singing, I, I moved to the uh, bass, and then the first day, the singer goes, Quackenbush goes, uh, both of you two, me and the guitar player were singing some backups, and I had never <laughs> sang in a microphone before, but I go, well, I guess I'm you know, near one, I'm going to sing in it. And he goes... Okay, you both sound like um, Republicans who just got out of a, a like a, a, a <laughs> John Birch Society meeting or something. Um, uh, and then it's like, oh, okay. So, um, and then it, from then I go, okay, English accent. All right, got it, English accent. So even though when I do backups right now, I'm usually um, uh, it, it, doing them in an English accent. Gotcha, gotcha. So this fit in pretty well. Uh, safe in the garage, singing in the tub. And then, you know, because you know, we all sing in the shower. Um, and we're great, and we think we're great. So that's where he gets his uh, uh, confidence up, and then he gets too he gets too uh, confident. And he plugs in, you know. So it's uh, maybe it's open mic night down at the pub, I guess. And then it's a, uh, um, but he's playing on Christmas Eve. Now think about this: you got a gig on Christmas Eve. I call that a turd, a turd night. Yeah. Like if, so, if, if, if let's say you're um, not a great night. Yeah, your bass player comes up to you and says, "Hey, Chris, I got us a show. They're they're offering us Christmas Eve." My, I'm, I play in a Morrissey tribute band, and so it's a toy. And, and, and these guys come to me with stuff like all the time. They go, Hey, this guy said, uh, the guy at uh, House of Blues said we can play January 1st. And the, and the singer goes, January 1st? Whoa, New Year's Day at House of Blues? Wow, that's awesome. What an honor. And I go, Whoa, guys, that's a turd night. Yeah, that's they, the they, worst thing possible. They can't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know, but these guys are like all stoked that they're going to they're gonna bring in the new year on January 1st. Wow. Oh, uh, what, yeah. what, what a wonderful thing! And so I think Christmas Eve is a turd night, and that's all. Um, that's all. When you know that he, he look, you can play on Christmas Eve uh, when no one's going to be here. Yeah. So he's. So I, I imagine that's you know. I mean, it's an underdog story. So he's. That's what he gets. And the uh, Trevor and the Skins come in, you know, because they're uh, they're just they're degenerates, and they they they're not going to be with their family where they should be, um, and they're going to get a pint, and you can't steal a pint. No. No. But you can steal a pack of crisps, a oh, pack yeah. of chips. Right, yeah. they're just hanging on the thing there. That's, that's, pretty, <laughs> that's pretty easy to do. The pint's right. a little tougher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then the music, of course, he's like, you know, they're probably sitting there like, ah, oh, someone's got it right. And then, uh, you know, you can imagine um, the, all the songs about unity that uh, uh, Haji's singing because, you know, he's got a, that's where you go with if you're an Indian playing in an oi band. And because unity is a big thing in, in, in oi as it is in a lot of punk. And so, you, 
you know, that's just a buzzword, I guess. So he would be, every other word would be unity. It's kind of like Spanish rock where every other word is uh, corazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, the, in here, it's unity, unity this, unity that. So then, um, yeah, but, you know, he's they, these racists aren't going to take that. So they go up uh, and he, I guess Trevor, uh, un, and this is pretty... Um, uh, racist and um, stereo, you know, enforcing stereotypes as if Haji would have a turban on, and I guess he does in this version of uh, this, uh, <laughs> this version of the story. So he unwinds it and um, uh, and, and knocks him to his knees. Uh, I guess because um, knees rhymes with unity. <laughs> it, <laughs> unity. It, 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 it works in this instance. I probably would never rhyme unity with knees, but in this instance, it works. All right, so now we're going to get into uh, to the first chorus. Um, if God came down on Christmas Day, I know exactly what he'd say. He'd say, oi to the punks and oi to the skins, but oi to the world and everybody wins. Catchy as hell. Talk about that. Yeah, so here we are. Um, I mean, that's the big chorus, and this is the message of the song. What if God came back, came down on Christmas Day? And he'd have a different message, you know, for every single person because he's infinite. But to these people, what's their main issue that's keeping them from living a righteous life? And it is their, we might call it today, the systemic racism uh, against uh, the, you know, South Asian uh, immigrants, which, which, which is, you know, in this place, you know, this guy's making an effort. And, and they all have this thing to, to, to bond themselves together, which is oi music, which is awesome music you know that i love and i have a lot of oi uh, albums and um i would say that it's it's a music that um well yeah i was gonna say how how would you describe uh, to to our listeners joe who may not know oi how would you describe it in, in a sentence or two working class cockney punk rock and so these okay there you go that's what that's what it is and um then there's also the funny comedy wacky oi of the toy dolls Mm-hmm. So if if I was going to describe one band that the Vandals are, you know, who are we looking up to and trying to emulate? It's the Toy Dolls. And that's an oi band. But mm-hmm. we don't write oi songs. But our, our aesthetic is more like the, the, the Toy Dolls than any other other band out there. So, okay, so oi. Um, yeah, so I think God would be saying to these people. And now he, instead of saying, you know, it's now it's getting into the joy to the world pun, I guess it is. So it's joy to the world. Because what does God say to on Christmas Day? He says joy to the world. Mm-hmm. And he, he's preaching joy to the world. He's going to preach here. He's going to preach oi to the world and oi to the punks and oi to the skins. And I maybe, you know, there are some divisions between, you know, skins and punks. And sometimes you can get into these different um, nuances of the different uh, punk scenes. But it's kind of just a way of saying oi is for everybody. Yeah. And, and it's uh, saying it's saying oi to the world and everybody wins, which is the right. unifying part of the lyric. Yeah, and it's but even though it might uh, you might you might have some differences in the end, the unity will overcome those differences, and and everybody wins. It's a winner. That's awesome. And the the chorus goes through once, and we're right into verse two. It goes right into it. Uh, Haji was a bloody mess. He ran out through the crowd. He said, "We'll meet again. We are bloody, but not unbowed." Trevor called his bluff and told him where to meet. Christmas Day on the roof down at twenty Oxford Street. <laughs> <laughs> and for yeah. those who've ever been to England, there's an Oxford Street in every single town. Good, because uh, I, I didn't even know that. I just was thinking of Oxford <laughs> Street, like the main one, and I'll, I'll get to a story about that in a second. But here also, um, I think the best songs uh, in the punk world and ones that I try to write have a little, tell a little story, and then at the end, get really violent. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> it's just, you know, at the end, just someone's getting beat. 
Uh, and then in the in my favorite country songs, like there's a guy named Porter Wagner is my favorite all time country artist. The end chorus is usually in a in a jail cell, you know, uh-huh. and then a, and then a padre comes to read the guy's last rites because he's going to the you know the hanging tree or whatever. Those are the kind of country songs I like. I like to write punk songs that that end in violence. So here is the violence. You know, we're going to have a battle, uh, and and the battle is going to is is set up. You know, they got caught off guard. And I'm imagining there's, uh, you know, other uh, South Asians in his band or not. I don't know. But, uh, you know, he insulted the whole band. So um, they will meet again. And um, and then Trevor says, I tell you where to meet Christmas Day on the roof down at 20 Oxford Street. Now, to me, I, when I hear English people, they, they say the number like that, like like 20 Oxford Street. Sounds like something an English person would say when they're talking about their address. And mm-hmm. then in the, in the United States, you get these really hideous addresses like 12661 Silver Fox Road, which is a street <laughs> I grew up on. I'm like, why do I need those many letters when these people have cool addresses like 20 Oxford Street? <laughs> but, um, and then this, I got away with this for a long time. And I think I even looked at a map and I said, is that a number that might exist there? And I think I, I looked at the map and I go... Yeah, I liked how twenty sounded. I like how it sounded. I looked at a map, but I think it, I think it is an it is an address. And I'm so I picture it's address. Maybe it has a building. You know, uh, I mean it has a it has a, a rooftop or something. But what was pointed out to me by Rat Scabies uh, from the Damned uh, when the record came out, who played on one of these songs? There's no such thing as Twenty Oxford Street. And he was so uh, just <laughs> insulted. Buy it and just said, that's, let me tell you how wrong, that's wrong on so many levels. You know, there isn't one because of this factor and that factor in this urban area. Oh, it's just awful, just terrible, which really, really meant that he was jealous of the song, I think, uh, <laughs> when it came down to it. It probably was, you know, and I'm probably going to get uh, hit up by my, by my uh, English listeners about saying that Oxford Street's in every city, which, you know, that's a blanket uh, generalization that's not necessarily true. But, you know, it's because the, the Oxford- English just can't think of enough streets. So they just, you know, <laughs> and, and, and so they, you know, they're just using that one over and over. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, but we'll be right back with our Throwback Thursday episode with Joe Escalante. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, back to our Throwback Thursday episode with Joe Escalante. We get right into Chorus 2, uh, which is the same lyric as Chorus 1, If God Came Down on Christmas Day. I know exactly what he'd say. He'd say, oi to the punks and oi to the skins, but oi to the world and everybody wins. And then there's the the first, what I call the relief part of the song, Joe, where, mm-hmm. there, where there's no, there's no um, vocals. It's an instrumental part. But at this part, and I want to know whose idea this was, Christmas bells all of a sudden start to come in. Whose who's yes. idea was that? Do you remember? Well, that's our producer, Warren. Uh, you know, and, and let me tell you something about Warren. When I brought this song to Warren, I said, look, this is what I got. And I give it to him. And he does like a producer like the in the in the 
in the songwriting uh, type of producer, he takes that song and he says, why don't you do this and why don't you do that? And in, in a like in a cutthroat world, you know, it's like the people are like change, uh, change a word, take a third. You know, um, I don't know yeah. if you've ever heard. That. No, I um, have, and and, and, what, and what that means, what that means is, you've written a whole page of lyrics, and all of a sudden, a producer comes in and goes, "Hey, make that and a butt," and he'll take one third of the publishing money on that song. Yeah. So in the real world, Warren would have taken the, uh, some of the publishing money from this song because he he rearranged it and he and he fixed it up and he polished it, but he didn't. And probably one of the reasons why, because we have a good publishing arrangement where everybody shares in the publishing anyway. So if you wrote the song, you get half. Uh, right away, and if you didn't write the song, you 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 get half, and then um, no, you get you get a uh, your your share of the other half. Mm-hmm. So he he knows he's getting he's getting his his money anyway. So he produced the crap out of this uh, song, and the, like like he does with everything. So he's he's in the studio, you know, doing all those kinds of tricks, and I'm not even around when when that happens. Do you remember hearing the bells for the first time? Did you think it was cool or loved it? That guy's a wizard, you know, and it's not real bells; it's a it's a sequencer, the um, patch, and everything. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, oh, you know, I'm just in my mind, I'm picturing the people with robes shaking their bells, sure, at the, at the Christmas pageant. And now the bells go through uh, until the end of the song, but we get into the bridge now. And uh, the bells are continuing here. Uh, and, and this is where it gets just funny to me. On the roof with the nunchucks, Trevor broke a lot of bones. But Haji had a sword like the guy on Indiana Jones. And I want to talk about that. In the No Doubt version, they say in Indiana Jones. Because that's kind of what you would say. Like the guy in Indiana Jones. But in Indiana. In, in seems weird. Do you remember consciously having the on there? Or was it ever yeah. in? You yeah, did. Because, yeah, yes. Because, because of what it, I said? No, because... Um, it just sounds stupid, like it's more street, like that guy on Indiana Jones, like ah, like you don't like it. Look, guy, Indiana Jones isn't a TV show; it's a movie. So it's right. in, Indiana, in Indiana Jones, and in Indiana Jones doesn't sound right for a couple other reasons. That guy in Indiana Jones, in in yeah, in in doesn't sound right. And then when I thought, well, I could say on, I go, but on is wrong. I go, but. That's kind of how people with a, with that don't have a, a great command of the English language speak. The guy on well, Indiana if, Jones. It's a wrong thing to say, and it's awesome. It, yeah, it, you know, for for a punk song, it works perfectly. Do you remember ever talking to uh, Warren? Of course, uh, Warren produced Warren Fitzgerald produced the No Doubt uh, version of this song on that Christmas compilation. Do you ever remember talking to Warren of why Gwen sang in Indiana Jones versus on? And did you even know she did? I didn't even remember. I didn't notice it, but yeah. it's now. It, thanks for pointing it out because it's not gonna. Um, I am going to ask him about that because. Um, but I, I would imagine. <laughs> I, I like that they. It might have been. A, it might have been a mistake. She might have just thought that's what it was. I, I know. I'll bet. I'll bet they just thought that we were stupid, and um, they were going to correct us. <laughs> And I, I think they just thought it was more proper, and it's fine for them because when they do it, it's a, it's a commercial hit. And if they didn't get how cool it was to say on Indiana Jones, their, their audience certainly wouldn't. You yeah, know, their audience would be like interesting. And that's a good point. You would say like that's the guy on Hill Street Blues or some shit. Yeah. You know, if, if, <laughs> if it was a TV show, you wouldn't yeah, say yeah. on if he's a movie star in yeah. a movie. That's a guy. Uh, yeah, that's a guy on the, on the. That's a guy on the Dallas Cowboys. So that's got you. Yeah. Just, something you just rattle off. That's a guy on Indiana Jones. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, and I so I thought I, I thought it would it would it sound better and I just think it's it's fun and I'm, I'm I love re- reliving this because these are like the nuances that no one ever 
notices or gets to talk about it. So this is really fun. I got oh, thank, th- thanks, Joan. This is a lot of fun for me. And I want to reread those two lyrics, uh, two two lines, because I want to read the whole bridge in one context here. Okay. Uh, on on the roof of the nunchucks, Trevor broke a lot of bones, but Haji had a sword like the guy on Indiana Jones. Police sirens wailing, a bloody dying man. Haji was alone and abandoned by his band. Trevor was there fading and still so full of hate. When the skins left him there and went down the fire escape, oi, oi. <laughs> it's hilarious. It doesn't have as much power just saying oi, oi as it does oi, oi. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, yeah. You, I mean, you just dream about the audience joining you with a big oi, oi. And, and we, and it's one of the, the bright spots of the, of the set. Every, every, you know, and you can see like, is this our crowd or not? And then when the oi's come up, you go, okay, we have some people here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you remember are these? The first... is, it, is this? Are these all less than Jake fans again? I'm sick of this. And then, <laughs> then you get a little bit of that. Oh, there's some of it. We have some fans here. We got a few pockets over there up in the wings. Yeah. Uh, do you Do you recall? I want to before we go on uh, uh, to the last chorus here, or to the to the, to the next verse. Excuse me. Uh, do you recall the first time you played this in England and what the reaction was? I remember playing it. Uh, we, you know, we added it to the set, so we didn't play any Christmas music. We didn't ever do any Christmas shows uh, in England. You know, all our Christmas shows have been on the West Coast, and now they're just only in Anaheim. Well, I just mean in general when you played the song over in the yeah. UK. Yeah, and what, so we what? went over there, and then at some point we go, we should play this song every time. Yeah. So we added it to the set, and they just played it, and I'm sure uh, Dave would just speak in an English accent right before in, in <laughs> introducing it and everything, and just saying, you guys are, you know, kind of sarcastically saying, you know, you guys are going to love this, and you're going to get this. Um, I think the always, the always came up, and everything was good, and um, but I was dying to talk to people about it and do press about it and stuff like that. And that doesn't really happen like we're doing now. No one's going to, all I got was uh, Rat Scabies, one of the, you know, uh, icons of the British punk scene from the damned uh, telling me I was an idiot. So, um, <laughs> but he was jealous though. He was jealous. <laughs> I think so. I, I think it was his compliment. He was yeah. complimenting me. He's like, oh, okay. I gotta say yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's the old English backhand. I've had those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They so, mean uh, it as a compliment. I don't remember the, Yeah, I don't remember the, 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 I don't remember the exact moment, but I remember thinking kind of we, we, we're getting away with it was the more feeling. Like it's okay. You know. Um, we, we go into a third. A third verse after this bridge comes right in. Uh, but then Haji saw the North Star shining more than ever. So he made a tourniquet from his turban, saving Trevor. They rappelled down the roof with the rest of the turban and went back to the pub where they bought each other bourbon. So, so, so they're <laughs> turban and bourbon. They are, uh, they're, they're, they become buddies in the third verse. Okay. Yeah, I mean- we're, we're, we're oi to the world. We're uniting here. Yeah, I mean, and, and it got really bad. It got really bloody. It got it got terrible. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, there's the the guy's about uh, about to die. Um, you know, he's well, gonna die the, if if he's left there. He's gonna die. Well, here's this guy full of hate. This racist. And his buddies and, left him there. Yeah, his buddies left him, and, yeah. and the one the one who saves him is is the object of his hate. It's Haji. Yeah. yeah. And he and he he saves him by by making a a tourniquet from his turban. That, um, yeah. and then they went back to the pub where they brought he, bought each other bourbon. So yeah. they're gonna they're gonna now they're gonna party, uh, yeah. which um, I know a, a lot of folks in Indian culture don't drink. So that's an interesting take on that line as well. Oh, this is this guy is is uh, you know the sad story is is the um, the abandoning of his his ethnic uh, identity. <laughs> 
I guess, yeah, yeah. That's he's, that's kind of what kind of what I was that, getting at. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk to his parent, Haji's parents, they're not they're they're they're, they're repulsed by all of this. It's no, it's a shame of the family. He, they, he, they, <laughs> they weren't happy from lyric one, Joe. No, they weren't it, happy from no. lyric. We get into the last chorus, which is a double chorus here. It's the same uh, uh, as the first two choruses, but it's doubled. Uh, the bells are still going here uh, through the song. I'm just going to read it once, but it is doubled. Uh, if God came down on Christmas Day, I know exactly what he'd say. He'd say, oi to the punks and oi to the skins, but oi to the world and everybody wins. And uh, at the very end uh, of the song, it ends with, oi, oi, and the song's over. And... You know, saying oi is kind of like saying hey at a show. It's just, I could just, you can just see, and I've seen you guys play this fists in the air, and it's just such a sing along song. 24 years ago, when you guys came up with this, did, did you think for a second that this would be one uh, of the songs that you're, you're most known for and uh, one of the songs that you'd be talking about 24 years later? Like this. Well, when No Doubt decided to cover it, then we knew it would have a life. Because not only did they cover it, they made a video of it. So mm-hmm. they bas- they basically and they released a single. I mean, they had a hit. So it was. they ha- they had a hit with this song, and it still gets played. You know, and then you become the guy that's getting the Christmas you know uh, royalty checks every year, where they bump up a little bit. Um, but so when I to me, I thought it would fade out. But when they said they were gonna, well, they took the whole album and they said we we were on tour with them. And they were invited to do the very special Christmas volume three or whatever, which is mm-hmm. like a big thing that donates to Special Olympics. Um, and they were invited to be on the, because they were at the top of their game and they're going to oh, be yeah. on this thing, you know, like with U2 and these this caliber of, of band. But they didn't have time to write anything. They were just too, you know, busy. And so they thought, let's get one from the Vandals album. Yeah. And they, and, and, and they listened to it all and they were horrified at the cussing and all that stuff. And they couldn't use any of them, but there was one song that didn't have cussing. So they said, um, they said, asked if they could use that song. And I'm like, yes, yes, winner. Oh, yes, yes. This. <laughs> <laughs> so when they were going to do it, I had to tell you, they were the, one of the biggest bands in the world at that time. And they were going to do this song. So I thought it would do amazing things. You know, for yeah, me. and I and and I believe Tony, uh, bass player of No Doubt, is is Indian, so they they couldn't have been too offended by the lyrical content. He just thought it was amazing. Yeah, he just thought it was hilarious, you know. Yeah. And he, you know, because these are his worlds too. This is Oi and Ska and 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 Indians. So I think it, he he related to it, you know. Even though there was a lot of stereotypes in it and stuff like that, uh, he related to it. He loved it. Picked up on it. Said this is the song. And then they filmed the video in India. Wow. They, they flew to India and they made the video in India. So if you look on YouTube, um, and you look for Oi to the World by No Doubt. The the video is shot in, in on the streets of Bombay or what, I don't even know what city it's in, but um, um, my doctor is Doctor Bombay, so sometimes that's the first thing that I that came to my mind. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, and then at that point I go, wait a second, they're recording it and they're making a video. They didn't have to make a video because it was you know the, the Special Olympics. All the money's donated to the Special Olympics. That was another thing uh, that was uh, uh, fortuitous and and you know. Um, unfortunate at the same time is I go, wow, they're going to record this thing. They sell millions. I'm going to get a payday. The whole, the vandals are going to get a payday. Um, and then I get a call from Bobby Shriver, who's the, um, the son of Bobby Kennedy. And he, uh, the Kennedys started the special Olympics and okay. he said, and he says, he calls me and says, Hey, Bobby Shriver. And I knew exactly who it was because his dad was Sergeant Shriver. He was the, uh, vice presidential, uh, the running mate of uh, McGovern. 
uh, okay. nineteen seventy two, he lost to Richard Nixon. So I knew these names; they were historical figures. So um, Sergeant Shriver was was his dad's name. Oh no, I guess his mom's yeah, his mom's Eunice Kennedy, and her dad's I don't know. They're all Kennedys. He says, "Hey, this is Kennedy." You know, I'm like, "Oh crap!" Uh, Bobby Shriver's on the phone. And then he says, I run Special Olympics, and I handle all these albums. And we want to ask you, uh, you don't have to, but um, can you donate all your royalties that are going to be generated from this uh, thing to the Special Olympics? Because, you know, Bono's doing it, and Bruce Springsteen, or whatever, who are all these people? I don't remember who the people are in it. Yeah, because they have $10 billion. Yes. (laughs) That's what's going through my mind. I'm like, of course they're going to do it. This was my one, you know, this was this was my one chance to make a, a cent off of punk rock. I was going to say, how do you make money in punk rock, especially then? Yeah. I mean, you know what? Yeah. I like where's uh, uh, yeah, yes, I'd be glad to Bobby Shriver. And um, yeah, so, I, you know, I told my mom, I go, good news is this thing's going to sell millions. The bad news is um, you're not getting any of it. But I used to be a Special <laughs> Olympics coach. Uh, basketball coach, and, and so I had a, an affinity towards the organization. Uh, who doesn't like Camelot? And yeah. um, so, of course, I said yes, and I thought, you know, there, there'll be some other ancillary uh, benefits down the line. They're going to make, uh, you know, uh, as a songwriter, I got I get some some recognition. Uh, as people are appreciating it. It's going out to a wide world. This is this is what I will, will be mo- most exposure of my songwriting career is is right here, and yeah. this is this is how it, it'll never. Uh, you know, nothing will ever match this, and I'm very grateful that it happened. So, yeah, I was happy to to do that. And then I got another bonus was, I like, hey, you ought to come by to my house. We're having a Christmas party. And so I got to go to Bobby Shriver's uh, house and his Christmas party. And then we got along pretty good on the phone and stuff like that. And we went there and met Eunice Kennedy and uh, Sergeant Shriver. I got my picture taken with Sergeant Shriver, who's a historical figure. And then, you know, people like, uh, uh, yeah, there were like movie stars there and stuff like that, but... Well, and I and I can I can say that uh, you, it was good it was good karma what you did, and it's uh, for sure followed you through your career, and good 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 for you. Yeah, I, I, I'm very proud of it, and you know all that money would have been spent on you know hookers and blow anyway. So, <laughs> <clears throat> at least you can admit it, Joe. Not many yeah. can. <laughs> all right, Joe. So uh, anything you'd like to let the listeners know? Uh, uh, plug away right now. Anything uh, just you personally, or, or coming up with the vandals? What do you got? Oh, thank you. I got two things, actually. So, uh, quickly, the Vandals 25th annual Christmas show will take place, and it is taking place direct from Santa's Village in the San Bernardino Mountains, right here above Los Angeles, and it'll be a streaming show, so it's going to be... And anybody, all for the first time, people all over the world will be able to watch the Vandals uh, annual Christmas show, and you will get... And so, if you go to the Vandals Facebook page... Uh, or our Instagram, you'll figure out how to buy tickets, and it'll be the same show that we do every year. And awesome, and that'll, and that'll be five days from now on yeah. the 19th of December. December 19th, it starts, and then you can kind of watch it for a couple of days. And then awesome. let, me, let me get to my day job, which it requires some promotion. I'm the executive producer of a television program called Monsters Across America, and it's on a streaming uh, platform called Fox Nation. So I... Uh, I'm super proud of it. So I always want people to uh, go there and, you know, you can buy the 99 cents free sample of Fox Nation and watch Monsters Across America. And if you don't like Fox Nation, you can cancel. But guess what? I think, <laughs> but if you're like my sister, you'll never be able to cancel because you can't figure it out. <laughs> but it's, gotcha. a, it's, like a, it's like a paranormal travel show. Okay. Um, uh, hosted by a woman named Casey McDonald. 
and there's six episodes. Uh, and um, it's it's you know it's what I do. Uh, I've always been working in TV in some capacity, and now I'm all in. And uh, uh, I'm the showrunner. I directed the episodes, wrote them, and they're all like a mini away to the world uh, in a, in a half hour format. Awesome. Well, I, I can't wait to check that out. Monsters Across America. Make sure that, uh, that you, the list, you, the listeners, do check that out. And Joe, thank you so much for, for taking the time. I wish I could, I could uh, shake your hand now, give you a hug in person, but this is the next best thing. I'm, I'm glad, uh, glad I got to spend the last hour with you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. This has been great. I mean, this is like a, I mean, wow. I mean, for someone to, to pick out something you're proud of and pick it apart like this and celebrate it, it's I can't think of a better way to spend an hour so thank you guys you know every time you think you got it right you're totally wrong it's a fact and when you really try the effort is a lot of them to catch it's a fact when you got it hey everyone I hope you all enjoyed that trip back in podcast time and that you're feeling just a little more in the holiday spirit now if you love Chris to Makes a Podcast, don't forget to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and head to ChrisDemakes.com to sign up for our supporting cast where you'll get weekly bonus episodes. Oh, and don't be afraid to join the Chris to Makes a Podcast Facebook group, which is filled with sweet people who love a good music conversation. We'll be back on Monday with a new episode, but in the meantime, enjoy a big cup of eggnog for me. Hell yeah. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. 